0: With the hang Hangtime hang time headlines, back on a beautiful Sunday afternoon out in California. John is back. What's good, bro? How you doing?
1: I'm doing well. Happy to be back out here.
0: Yep, not so sunny California, but a beautiful championship weekend. Got Terry Bradshaw on the TV in front of us. With a beautiful fedora, you know, per usual. Rocking the fedora, spewing nonsense as normal. And a big Buccaneers-Packers game coming up. Tom Brady. He is 9-4. and four. On championship weekend Aaron Rodgers one and three this means the winner is going to the Super Bowl it's going to be a huge game for both of their legacies and for Brady you got the whole Bill Belichick aspect here if he can go to the Super Bowl nevertheless win a Super Bowl without Bill that's a game changer for him TV 12 is also in the background where he's still playing at a high level at 43 at some point I'm going to start eating the avocado ice cream Rodgers He needs to get to another Super Bowl. It feels like he hasn't been there since 2010, and that's because he hasn't. It's been a minute. We need to see him get back. He's been playing at a high level, winning MVPs, but at some point, you've got to get to the big game and maybe win it. Interesting stat for Aaron Rodgers. He is 4-49 in his career when trailing by one point in the second half. So a key for the Packers in this game is going to be to get out to an early lead and the last thing you want is a close game, fourth quarter. You're looking at Tom Brady on the other sideline. That's a scary thought. 4-49? and 49? Isn't that bananas? How is that not mentioned ever? I guess it just doesn't come up enough. And if you think about it too, two of those wins are low-key fake news because they came in 2018 against the 2-2 two and two Cowboys and like week one. So those teams, like, what are you going to say? It's the first like five weeks of the season that just kind of means that once he's down he just kind of gives up. Yeah John one thing I've noticed with Aaron Rodgers is that when he's down in games you often see him up at the line of scrimmage taking his time trying to draw up that perfect play call trying to get the defense to jump off sides instead of going no huddle showing some tempo. I mean you're down 14 points or whatever you got to score at some point. Going into this game Buccaneers they're missing some players. Antoine Winfield Jr. he's going to be out. No Antonio Brown, and I'd honestly argue with the weapons they have on offense that Winfield is a bigger loss. Some good news for the Bucs, Vita Vea is coming back. This is a big boy up the middle. He's going to stop the run. This is enormous for the Buccaneers' defense because when he was in the lineup early in the season, teams could not move the ball on the ground, and maybe Aaron Jones struggles a little bit.
1: So two things I think we actually need to watch for are, one is that Jair Alexander matching up this year against number one wide receivers are really, really... Top wide receivers in the league Justin Jefferson, Calvin Ridley, Mike Evans, T.Y. Hilton, A.J. Brown. He held them to two receptions on seven targets and 22 yards. So that's a really important one to see if he can hold up Mike Evans to a, another zero reception game. That brings me to my second point, which is Chris Godwin, and to see if he and Tom Brady can actually end up having a huge day because I think he's going to be the difference maker, as well as if they can abuse what used to be a really bad Packers run defense.
0: Yeah, Chris Godwin, something that came out this past week is that he's been playing with pins in his fingers, and they might have been recently removed, but that would explain the five drops against the Redskins and the drop last week against the Saints. Would love to see him come on strong. Jordan Love is inactive, and if the Packers lose this game or they fall short of another Super Bowl, one of my big questions is going to be like, why'd you draft Jordan Love in the first round? Could this Packers team maybe have won that game if they had a Patrick Queen, who's been awesome on the Ravens, T. Higgins, Chase Claypool, even Antoine Winfield Sr., who's out today. Those are all players who were drafted around Jordan Love, who could have definitely made an impact on this Packers roster. And it just
1: looks even worse because they traded up to get Jordan Love. So not only did they mess up the pick, but they gave up a lot of potential for a bad pick.
0: Yeah, John. However, it's definitely worth pointing out something that's been mentioned a lot this season. We even talked about it last summer, is that when you do draft a player like Jordan Love, similar to Jimmy G with Tom Brady, they motivate that quarterback, and we've seen an MVP level season out of Aaron Rodgers. Speaking of Brady, the Brady effect is in full swing in Tampa. This team looks like they believe in him. No other Tampa Bay Bucks team goes into New Orleans last week after being shredded twice and thinks, oh, we can win this playoff game. Brady just has this crazy effect and some stats to back it up. This is the lowest penalized team of any Bruce Arians coach team. Who does that fall back on? Tom Brady. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers in their franchise history have never had a year with less turnovers. Who deserves the credit for that? Tom Brady. So the Bucs are less Buccaneerish, and all of a sudden they're a game away from the Super Bowl. If they... Even get to the Super Bowl, I'm sorry, Bill Belichick, but you're in for a rough week. With all the media and the two-week lead-up, everybody and their mother is going to be wondering why the Patriots didn't sign Tom Brady. Final note for this game, Mike Pettin, he's been around the league for a while, Packers defensive coordinator. He was on the Bills for a hot second, went to the Browns and lost something like 15 games. Runs this zone defense, he's played Brady a bunch, Brady has shredded him up, He's only ever beat them twice. It's something like 14-2 that Tom Brady is against Mike Pettin coach defenses. What you need to watch for is the Smith brothers, okay? Last week, we saw Cam Jordan and other players on the Saints rushing up the outside. And that doesn't get to Brady. He's just going to step up in the pocket and deliver throws. So if you see the the Packers getting pressure from the outside instead of putting their studs and rushing them up the middle to affect Brady, it's going to be another long day. Be that as it said, line is at minus three. If it was any other quarterback on the Buccaneers, I would like the Packers. Lambeau's going to be a little chilly. Got some snow in the stands, but they should get it pretty much cleared off the field. No snow in the forecast. I'm just never going to bet against Brady. He's the GOAT. So I take the Bucks to win. John? I'm going to be
1: honest. I still don't even know. You know what? I'm going to take the Bucks to win it. Purely because I want to believe that Drew Brees had such a horrible fate because Tom Brady was on an epic Super Bowl run.
0: Bucks got the ball to start the game, march right down the field. Mike Evans, two big receptions, 42 yards and a touchdown. Brady looked dynamite. Offense looked clean. All of a sudden, it's a 7-0 game. Rodgers picks up a first down to Mercedes Lewis. Shout out Mercedes Lewis, 36, been around for a while. Can't believe he's still in shape and playing, but then Shaq Barrett with the sack, and all of a sudden, Bucks are getting the ball back. Up 7-0, moving the football down the field again. We're starting to wonder if this game's going to be like the last one until a huge drop by Tyler Johnson and then a big sack up the middle from Kenny Clark. On that first drive, the Packers really didn't get any pressure up the middle. They were coming from the outside. Brady was stepping up in the pocket. Kenny Clark up the middle makes a huge play. Rodgers gets the ball back and JPP with his two fingers. All of a sudden, vintage Aaron Rodgers rolling to his right in his own end zone, third and 15, picks it up to Adam Lazar. And the offense got rolling, 50-yard bomb to Valdez-Scantlin, 7-7 ball game.
1: What I think is so important about that series of events is that those were momentum-shifting plays. Tom Brady looked so comfortable in that first quarter up until that final stop. And then once Aaron Rodgers, after two consecutive loss of yardage, picked up that first down from the end zone, I think that got them comfortable. I think that got their confidence up. And then, yeah, as we saw later, that 50-yard bomb to Valdez-Gantling, and now they're just right back in this game. They were seriously close to letting it be a Tom Brady blowout again, like what happened in week three or four.
0: Bucks get the ball back, and Brady answers with a 50-yard bomb to Godwin on third down. He says, "Rogers, you can throw a bomb on third down. I'll match you. Then Fournette. Does the rest. A little hesitation, makes a man miss, spin move, dives for the touchdown. 14-7 bucks lead. Following drive by Green Bay, first and goal from the six. Devontae Adams, 28 red zone targets and 14 touchdowns going into that possession's That's 50% of the time you're going to score if you just throw it to Adams. And clearly that's what LaFleur thought as well. So he hucked it three straight times to Adams. There was no score. Adam Lazar was wide open underneath Devontae Adams on third down, but... Roger says, no, no, no. Just like that, it's a 14-10 Bucks lead.
1: Yeah, I think something that we noticed was working for the Packers on that comeback drive, which ultimately ended in a field goal, is that when they ran it to the outside, instead of running it straight at Vita Vea, they actually found that they had some success. They had two consecutive runs, pitches to the outside, one left, one right, and they got like, 12, 13-yard chunks on each of them. It was a bad red zone drive altogether. I think they got to keep just hucking it to Devontae because I think he's the main playmaker and they can't let him like, lose confidence after what just happened.
0: Following that Green Bay field goal, Tom Brady and the Bucks got the ball and the Packers came up with a huge stop heading into the two-minute warning.
1: Yeah, I mean, prior to that stop, Tom Brady was 6 of 6 on third down for 141. And other than that, he only got stopped once with a sack.
0: This was a huge drive for the Packers, John. They're down four, heading into the half. They get the ball coming back out of the half. And on third down, a big-time pass by Aaron Rodgers. They're up to the 45-yard line. There's a minute and two seconds left. They have two timeouts. And I'm sitting here talking to you like they've called the timeout. What's Rodgers going to do? Packers have a timeout left, a minute and two. No, they didn't. They decided to try and hurry up. 25 seconds bleed off the clock. So they snap the ball with 37 seconds. Rodgers took a sack and then threw a pick. All of a sudden, Brady gets the ball, 28 seconds left, picks up a fourth and three. Now you've got eight seconds left and a 39-yard pass to Scotty Miller to close out the half. 21-10 Bucs lead. Wow.
1: I just got to shout out the Packers defense for a lot of stupidness on that final play. Bruce Arians is the key of just... Third and one, and then hucking the ball downfield. He
0: hates having an underneath man.
1: I know. He never does. And so when you have one deep safety just to cover Chris Godwin and Mike Evans on the other side of the field, and then you leave Scotty Miller wide open for a long 39-yard touchdown, that's just bad play calling.
0: Unacceptable. First drive coming out of the half for the Packers, third and five, Aaron Jones fumbles off the hit from Jordan Whitehead. And we've been talking about this amongst ourselves during the game, John. He was hitting so hard that later in the game he got injured on another hit to Jamal Williams, but Brady responds, throws a touchdown on the very next play to Cameron Brate. 28-10. Game's starting to get a little out of hand, but this is where the response from Aaron Rodgers came. Looked methodical, marched the Packers down the field, 28-17, and we've been waiting for the Packers' defense to come up with a big play all day. We've seen the Bucks force a couple turnovers. Adrian Amos, there it is, next drive, picks off Brady on a deep ball, and Rodgers responds again, drives the ball down the field. This time, finally connects with Devontae Adams for the touchdown. Equimanias St. Brown drops a wide-open two-point conversion, but 28-13, we got a ball game, and Aaron Rodgers not taking too kindly to our pregame stats about him having only four wins when he's down one or more points coming out of the half.
1: So it was looking scary early on in this half, you know, with, Tom Brady really scoring at ease at this point. Something that really is prevalent right now more than anything is these turnovers that are going on in the game. I mean, Tom Brady has 14 points off two turnovers.
0: Rodgers just scored off the pick.
1: Yeah, and you know what's key about this interception is that he hasn't thrown a pick on the road since week one against the Saints.
0: Brady to start the fourth quarter, marching the ball down the field. Deep pass to Mike Evans, dropped. Goes to him a second time, and Evans tips this pass and it's intercepted by Alexander. The Packers' defense is making plays when it counts. Rogers trying to capitalize off the turnover. He gets sacked by Barrett for the second time. This is the first time in the game at this point where a team didn't score off a turnover. So Brady gets the ball back with a chance to take control and throws his third pick of the day, targeting Mike Evans again. It was his second deep lollipop that he's just tossed up Second pick of the day for Jair Alexander, John.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's really focused on one side of the ball, but for whatever reason, Mike Evans keeps lining up there. I mean, he you know, it's two picks, and obviously Rodgers hasn't been able to capitalize off of these plays that the defense is making.
0: Yeah, John, as you mentioned, Rodgers, after the second interception, gets sacked for a third time by Barrett and another three and out. And this is the point where, looking back on it, two possessions, two interceptions, no points for Aaron Rodgers. Got to capitalize there and ultimately bit them down the stretch. When the Bucks finally get the ball back, it was nice to see them get Gronk involved. Little screen pass goes 29 yards down the field. They kick a field goal to go up eight, 31-23, and Rodgers is now down eight with a legacy-defining drive. Makes a huge pass to Valdez-Gantling, who had 100 yards on the day, moving the Packers in position to score, and instead of going for it on fourth and goal, they kick a field goal to make it a five-point game. There's like two minutes left, Packers down eight, and LaFleur just has no balls, doesn't go for it. At this point, you're basically asking Brady to pick up two first downs and the game is over. And that's exactly what he did. Just like that, Tom Brady, the Bucs, they're going to the Super Bowl. John, what are your thoughts on Mike LaFleur there not going for it on fourth and goal?
1: It's kind of astounding the lack of trust that... He exhibited just there in Aaron Rodgers. I mean, you had to put that in your quarterback's hands. It was like fourth down and seven on the goal line. You can't do that with two minutes. You're, you're going up against the greatest quarterback of all time, and now he's
0: going to his 10th Super Bowl. Rodgers falls to one and four in championship games. Brady, quite the opposite, 10 and four. Outrageous. One thing that people are going to question after this game is Tyler Johnson doing his best, Marcus Smart. Draws a P.I. where he absolutely flopped. That
1: was the flop of the century.
0: Picking up a critical first down for Brady and the Bucs to run out the clock. This was bad. The NFL literally put a rule in place last year. After a no-call in an NFC Championship game for situations like this, they decided the rule doesn't work, and it comes back to get them the very next year. At the same time, LaFleur's got to go for it. Rodgers had a couple drives to capitalize, and ultimately they didn't deserve the win. They had their chances, and they couldn't get it done.
1: Yeah, this was a team loss. Aaron Rodgers was a large part to blame for this. He didn't capitalize when he needed to. But LaFleur also had some coaching blunders, and so when it needed to happen, it did
0: not happen. Going to be a long week for Bill Belichick. This is a worst-case scenario as a Patriots fan, and at the same time, you're just watching the GOAT. Like, how can you not appreciate it? He is out here balling, and for Rodgers... It's going to go down as, yeah, maybe it was a team loss, but at the end of the day, he's 1-4. and He couldn't get it done in the biggest moments. Would have been a huge Super Bowl, and they had plenty of opportunities to capitalize. Absolutely.